Hey, it's Marina from Forever Change. So I'm going at this super raw. I'm literally just now <clears throat> pulling out my notes and everything. Which working on getting those together, but I really just think most often than none we try to come in so prepared. Don't get me wrong, that is so important. But we end up overly preparing and then almost inevitably leave no room for the Holy Spirit. So, the last thing I want to do is ever quench the Spirit in any way, shape, or form. I want to be able to trust Him when He says to do something. And I want to be able to act in faith towards the obedience to trust to do so. Um, first, I just want to apologize if the, any the background noise. I know that there'll probably may be a couple of cars to come down the road, but also nice wildlife because I came outside this time. I pray that y'all's mornings and y'all's day in general, depending on when you listen to this, has been amazing. But also, um, depending on when I get this posted. Because this is technically, I guess, a pre-recorded thing. this is where I'm going to begin. First, I'm going to go in Psalms 103. Real quick. And then there's one more. And then we'll dive in real quick. Yeah. Alright. Bless the Lord, O my soul. And all that is within me, bless his holy name. Bless the Lord, O my soul, and forget none of his benefits. Who pardons all your iniquities, who heals all your diseases, who redeems your life from the pit, who crowns you with loving kindness and compassion, who satisfies your years with good things, so that your youth is renewed like the eagle. The Lord performs righteous deeds and judgments for all who are oppressed. He made known his ways to Moses, his acts to the sons of Israel. The Lord is compassionate and gracious, slow to anger and abounding in loving kindness. He will not always strive with us, nor will he keep his anger forever. He has not dealt with us according to our sins, nor rewarded us according to our inequities. For as high as the heavens are above the earth, so great is his loving kindness towards those who fear him. As far as the east is from the west, so far as he removed our transgressions from us, just as a father has compassion on his children, so the Lord has compassion on those who fear him. For he himself knows our frame. He is mindful that we are but dust. <clears throat> as for man, his days are like grass. As a flower of the field, so he flourishes. When the wind has passed over it, it is no more, and its place acknowledges it no longer. 
But the loving kindness of the Lord is from everlasting to everlasting on those who fear him, and his righteousness to children's children, to those who keep his covenant and remember his precepts to do them. The Lord has established his throne in the heavens, and his sovereignty rules over all. Bless the Lord, you his angels, mighty in strength who perform his word, obeying the voice of his word. Bless, are the, bless the Lord, all you his hosts, you who serve him doing his will. Bless the Lord, all you works of his, in all places of his dominion. Bless the Lord, O my soul, in Jesus' name, amen. Even the angels obey his voice, and all the hosts serve him, doing his will. The Lord, all dominion is his. May the Lord grant us the peace that surpasses all understanding beyond our comprehension, because the only peace and stillness and understanding the true understanding comes from you, Lord. And we ask that through you, your spirit of truth will reveal to us what it is you need for us to know in this time and day. Lord, we ask that your spirit would flourish through us, giving us the insight and the hearing and understanding to bring forth the wisdom that comes only from you, Lord. We ask that your gift would abound in those that you have called. In Jesus' name, amen. Lord, it's just so powerful. So powerful. So, I'm just going to kind of jump into this. There's no really one way to do it, to be honest. There's no way to... It's like I was saying before. Sometimes we sit there and we try to prepare for things and it's just not even necessary. And we, in our preparation, our over-preparation, kind of holds us back from what the Lord is trying to do and trying to say. But many of us, for the longest time, have acted in the flesh thinking that Oh, it's okay. Or just continue to act in the way that we grew up because that's all we ever known. Or we just, we see it so much and so profound around us, we really just don't see any wrong in it. We lose the, we actually lose sight of m many things through that. But a lot of what I've honestly came to see through, on, from none other than the Lord showing me, is just the simple fact that a lot of us don't even realize the the acts of the flesh versus the acts of the Holy Spirit and or the sinfulness of ourselves in this world because we do not even realize the entirety of God's word. A lot of us have been starved of the truth of God's word and it seems like there are many more filled with compromise instead of the Holy Spirit in the pulpits and then in the what is supposed to be the body um we've kind of just gotten lazy 
and comfortable in our flesh. And I know I did. I know I lived in just, literally just by the flesh for so long. And that's something that can, that really, really mess with us. And that, um, I want to read, Now the deeds of the flesh are evident, which are immorality, impurity, sensuality, idolatry, sorcery, enmities, strife, jealousy, outbursts of anger, disputes, dissensions, factions, envying, drunkenness, carousing, and things like these, of which I forewarned you. Just as I have forewarned you, that those who practice such things will not inherit the kingdom of God. Galatians 5, 19 through 21. Um, I don't know about you, but I never knew that those were, what those were characterized under. Especially growing up. I mean, I knew what anger was. I knew what disputes were. I knew what necessarily envying was. But I didn't really understand what the deeds of the flesh were versus the deeds of the Holy Spirit and those who claim the name of Christ. I was a little, I was a child. I loved God. I really did. And then Satan tried to sweep in and with his lies which he did sweep in with his lives, but God is redeeming that in so many ways. Um, but, I, I didn't realize a lot of these. And then, as Matthew fifteen nineteen tells us, for out of the heart comes evil thoughts, murderers, adulterers, fornicators, I mean fornications, thefts, false witness, slanders. I mean, that's something we see around our world non-stop. But it's also looked at as normal. Oh, well, that's just how that person is. Oh, you can't pay no mind to them. They've been like that since they were little. Or, oh, I'm just like such and such. Oh, that just runs in the family. So like I was saying before, many of us, for the longest time, didn't even know the characteristics of the flesh. And the flesh is what literally it wrestles against the spirit because the two are not the same. They are literally opposites. There's many of us that do not even realize what's in God's word. Just like what I just read was right out of God's word. And so many of us are not being fed to filling and are being starved of the meat and truth of God's word. Many of us do not even realize the sinfulness of ourselves in this world because we do not even realize the entirety of God's word. And it seems there are many being filled with compromise instead of the Holy Spirit. And we have had knowledge kept from us. All of which God discusses and speaks against and says that he does notice and see when those do that against his children and those that are what he labels as false teachers. Um, what he warns about all throughout his word. In more ways than one. Because God is loving 
and so protecting. Oh, so protecting. We have become, we have honestly become more concerned with ourselves instead of how we are breaking the Father's heart. And one thing with that is that it's becoming a point where it happens due to the fact of where we live in a way that's literally self-serving, feeding the flesh. It does, we don't even talk about how the flesh can actually be, following the ways of the flesh is harmful. We, only thing we hear is to follow the ways of the flesh, to follow the sinful ways, to chase after the sinful ways, whether it's drinking, party, you know, with partying. And when I say drinking, I'm not saying have one or two, one, one glass of wine or so, something like that. And for others, they can have up and possibly two glasses of wine, you know, depending on I'm, what I'm saying is not that you can't drink, but that the fact of depending on how you drink, what your habit is with it, how much you're choosing to partake in it and how much of a quantity of it that you're choosing to drink in each time. Not the fact that you're drinking. What I say is going out to drink to just get what, well, in my time frame, get wasted. And it's so crazy. And I think nowadays it's it's called get lit. I'm not even sure. I, I can't even keep up, to be honest. I literally understand how, yeah, I feel like I'm getting old and I'm not even getting old. But I just, I can't even keep up with all these fads and things. That, and I don't even know how I kept up with it when I was a kid. It's probably why I had to some extra anxiety too trying to keep up with the news fads trying to keep up with such and such or oh i gotta have this because such and such has this or i'm gonna get made fun of it's just so much stuff in high school and in the middle grades and everything it starts in the middle grades but it all that stuff gets us so distracted from god it gets us focused on ourselves it gets us focused on other people and it gets us completely off focus on of god and hebrews 12 12, hang on, let me, not 12, 12, Hebrews 12, Ink. I always do this, every time I'm trying to go super quick, if you ever go through to try to look for a book in the Bible and you don't get right to it, don't stress, because that'll hold you back more than anything. Alright, so Hebrews 12. Therefore, since we have so great cloud of witnesses surrounding us, let us also lay aside every incumbents and the sin which so easily entangles us, and let us run with endurance the race that is set before us, fixing our eyes on Jesus, the author and perfecter of faith, who for the joy set before him endured the cross, despising the shame, and has sat down at the right hand of the throne of God. For consider him who has endured such hostility by sinners against himself, so that you will not grow weary and lose heart. You have not yet resisted to the point of shedding blood in, in your striving against sin, and you have forgotten the exhortation which is addressed to you as sons. My son, do not regard lightly the discipline of the Lord, nor faint when you are reproved by him. For those whom the Lord loves, he disciplines, and he scourges every son whom he receives. It is for discipline that you endure. God deals with you as with sons. For what son is there whom his father does not discipline? But if you are without discipline, of which all have become partakers, which is how things are right now, then you are illegitimate children and not sons. Furthermore, we had earthly fathers to discipline us and shall and we should and we respected them. Shall we not much rather be subject to the Father of spirits and live? For they disciplined us for a short time as deemed best for them. But he disciplines us for our good, so that we may share his holiness. Real quick. So we may share his holiness. 
You have not rest yet resisted to the point of shedding blood in your striving against sin. The sin, those are the acts of the flesh. The immorality, impurity, sensuality, idolatry, sorcery, enmity, strife, jealousy, outbursts of anger, disputes, dissensions, factions, envying, drunkenness, carousing, and things like these which I have forewarned you just as I have just as I forewarn you, just as I have forewarned you, that those who practice such things will not inherit the kingdom of God. Galatians five nineteen through twenty one. Matthew fifteen nineteen. For out of the heart come evil thoughts, murders, adulterers, fornicators, thefts, false witnesses, false witnesses, slanderers. And I keep reading Hebrews. All discipline for the moment seems not to be joyful, but sorrowful. Yet to those who have been trained by it afterwards, it yields the peaceful fruit of righteousness. Therefore, strengthen the hands that are weak and the knees that are feeble and make straight paths for your feet so that the limb which is lame will not be put out of joint, but rather be healed. Pursue peace with all men and the sanctification without which no one will see the Lord. See to it that no one comes short of the grace of God that no root of bitterness springing up causes trouble, and by it many are defiled. That there be no immoral or godless person like Esau, who sold his own birthright for a single meal. For you know that even afterwards, when he desired, inheritance, desired to inherit the blessing, he was rejected. For, though he found it no, for he found no place for repentance, though he sought it with tears. He sought it with tears, but he, had no, he had, didn't have any place for repentance in his heart. For you have not come to a mountain that can be touched, or and to a blazing fire, and to darkness and gloom and whirlwind, and to the blast of a trumpet and the sound of words which was, which sound was such that those who heard begged that no further word be spoken to them. For they could not bear the command, even if a beast touches the mountain it will be stoned. And so terrible was the sight that Moses said, I am full of fear and trembling. But you have come to Mount Zion, and to the city of the living God, the heavenly Jerusalem, and to myriads of angels, to the general assembly and church of the firstborn, who are enrolled in heaven, and to God, the judge of all, and to the spirits of the righteous made perfect, and to Jesus, the mediator of a new covenant, and to the sprinkled blood, which speaks better than the blood of Abel. See to it that you do not refuse him who is speaking. For if those did not escape when they refused him who warned them on earth, much less will we escape who turn away from him who warns from heaven. And his voice shook the earth then, but now he has promised, saying, Yet once more I will shake not only the earth, but also the heaven. This expression, yet once more, denotes the removing of those things which can be shaken, as of created things, so that those things which cannot be shaken may remain. Therefore, since we receive a kingdom which cannot be shaken, let us show gratitude, by which we may offer to God an acceptable service, with reverence and awe, for our God is a consuming fire. So our focus has been shifted to... From, it's been shifted from keeping our eyes on Jesus, the author and the perfecter of our faith. The one who helps us truly overcome the acts of the flesh. But the, like I was saying before, we've become in a time frame to where we overly indulge in the flesh. Rather than considering how that could be causing harm to us and also those around us.
And not only that, breaking the father's heart as well. But I'm going to have to take a break and go pick up our son. He's at camp, but I'll be back. Blessings. Hey, so we're back. And now that got our son from camp and had some playtime in and things like that, we're going to dig back into our study. And I'm going to start us off with, let's see, we're going to do a psalm. Psalm 75. We give thanks to you, O God, we give thanks, for your name is near. Men declare your wondrous works. When I select an appointed time, it is I who judge with equity. The earth and all who dwell in it melt. It is I who have firmly set its pillars. Selah. I said to the boastful, do not boast. And to the wicked, do not lift up the horn. Do not lift up your horn on high. Do not speak with insolent pride. From not, for not from the east, nor from the west, nor from the desert comes exaltation. But God is the judge. He puts down one and exalts another. For a cup is in the hand of the Lord, and the wine foams. It is well mixed, and he pours out of this. Surely all the wicked of the earth must drain and drink down its dregs. Its dregs. But as for me, I will declare it forever. I will sing praises to the God of Jacob. And all the horns of the wicked he will cut off. But the horns of the righteous will be lifted up. In Jesus' name, amen. So in part one, we were talking about the flesh and many other things. In Galatians 5, 19, 19 through 21, discuss the acts of the flesh. But in verse 20, it discussed sorcery and idolatry. And a lot of times that, you know, people question what sorcery and idolatry actually is. Sorcery, in the definition and also its description, involves witchcraft, the administering of drugs, psychedelics, magical arts, and also being entangled with the deception and seductions of idolatry. So within sorcery, we have idolatry as well. And then what is idolatry? It is the worshiping of false idols. Anything that takes the place of God and also anything made by the hands of man used to be worshipped as if it is greater or holds some more wisdom or power over God. Which we know that there is none other like our Heavenly Father. He is matchless. There is none that can even compare to who He is. So I wanted to talk about those real quick because those will be something that we talk about quite a bit to be honest um we also you know and see i think it was strong promises and reminders we talked about the broken cisterns and how those have inevitably been the, basically the false ways of this world to pull us away different things that claim to be a fix-all Different things that claim to be able to help you 
that are the opposite ways of the Lord. The false promises that are given to us from this world. A lot of what we see in the new age, whether it be with, um, to name a few, the Enneagram, um, yoga, law of attraction, many different things. I'm actually going to read a little excerpt of what the New Age is, real quick. Um, it involves, one, it's a, it, one thing it involves is esoteric Um, European, uh, well, hang on, let me get this right here. Yeah, the New Age movement comprises of a loose collection of individuals and groups who who employ a variety of religious practices such as channeling, crystal work, and alternative healing in order to transform both themselves and the wider world is what they claim. Um, They have four major themes. It's the concerns of the powers of the mind, the reliance on ancient and supposedly ancient cosmologies, a concern with energies, and a therapeutic concept of salvation, um, hello, that emphasizes physical and mental healing. It also involves metaphysical religions, often including elements of European mysticism and occulticism, which is Freemasonry, Rastacrucian, Rastacrucian philosophy, I always mess that up. And concepts from Hinduism and Buddhism and Native American legacies of shamanism and earth energies. Um, the New Age movement's immediate uh, predecessor was New Thought, which is where the it started with the churches and trying to combine the New Age movement into the churches, actually. Um, it is a loose grouping of spiritual teachers, healers. This is, you'll hear that a lot. Um, people claim to be healers. Um, which is working with what they call white magic, which is what they try to claim as good magic. Um, new religious, new religious denominations and philosophers. New thought emphasized the divinity within each person while teaching that God is supreme, universal, and everlasting. What they try to teach with that is like God is universal. He is in all things. Like he is a tree. He is the ground. He is a flower. Like he like lives in all things. And that's not who God is. God created. He created the things of this earth. He created this earth. He created the trees. He created the birds in the sky. He created the um the oceans. He he created things, but the creator is not creation itself. So we cannot worship the creation as if it is the creator. We can say we can say that things are beautiful that God created, you know. We can sit there and take into account the obvious, but if we are worshiping the creation as if it is the creator itself saying, "Oh, God is in the trees, God is the tree." That's not that's not God. That's not the truth. That's not the truth. That is another false way being brought in to 
build confusion and distortion into the Word of God. Um, also, its most common concept repeated by numerous New Age teachers was that thoughts are things. In other words, right thinking can cure illness as well as creating better conditions, wealth, love, etc. in an individual's life. And that is a lot like law of attraction. That basically is what they do with law of attraction. New Thought, which was at its height in the, from the 1880s through the 1930s, produced three enduring religious denominations. The Unity Church, which is the Unity School of Christianity, the Church of Divine Science, and Religious Science. Um, there's been journals that have served as a common core for the emerging New Age movement, bringing together a readership that share a vision for self and world transformation through religious practices outside of the Western Jewish Christian mainstream, notably alternative healing methods, Asian meditation and yoga techniques, channeling of spirits, development of psychic powers, and the learning of esoteric knowledge. Um, the most, one of the things that, you know, they talk about is one of their most influential texts is purported to be channeled, which means it was channeling spirits to pass forth what they're writing. And these spirits, they're, those are the spirits within the dark spiritual realm. That's one thing we have to keep in mind. And those are the demons that we are warned about. Um, the New Age practitioners believe that through channeling, a person enters a form of alternative consciousness during which a higher being, often an angel, which we know to be false idol, false gods, enlightened soul or spirit, uses the person as a communication vessel, which is kind of what I was just explaining. Um... The spiritual forces are um, are what, you know, get brought up in Ephesians chapter 6, which is, um, which are referring to Satan and his demons, which are the spirits that seek to influence the person who is trying to channel these spirits into doing something that they shouldn't. Um... And I want to actually, I want to read from Ephesians 6, where God tells us to put on the full armor of God so that you will be able to stand firm against the schemes of the devil. For our struggle is not against flesh and blood, but against the rulers, against the powers, against the world forces of this darkness, against the spiritual forces of wickedness in the heavenly places. Therefore, take up the full armor of God so that you will be able to resist in the evil day, having done everything to stand firm. Stand firm, therefore, having girded your loins with truth, and having put on the breastplate of righteousness, and having shod your feet with the preparation of the gospel of peace. In addition to all, taking up the shield of faith, with which you will be able to extinguish all the flaming arrows of the evil one, and take the helmet of salvation and the sword of the Spirit, which is the word of God. With all prayer and petition, pray at all times in the Spirit, and with this in view, be on alert and with all be on alert with all perseverance and petition for all the saints and pray on my behalf that utterance may be given to me in the opening of my mouth to make known with boldness the mystery of the gospel for which I am an ambassador in chains that in proclaiming it I may speak boldly as I ought to speak 
Grace be with all those who love our Lord Jesus Christ with incorruptible love. That was Ephesians 6, 11 through 20, and then verse 24. And the spiritual forces are referring to Satan and his demons, those that have rebelled and are often referred to as the fallen angels of wickedness that are full of malice, evil purposes, and wicked intent and desires, and filled with iniquity. This darkness seeks to influence us to rebel against our Heavenly Father. And we have to stay in the ways of the Lord, and we have to stay in His Word. So therefore, we can be mindful and be able to see and discern properly with God's discernment when the enemy comes to try and seek to influence us away from God. Because Satan comes to try and undo what the God has done because, God, because Satan does not want the captives to be set free, which are those who are in captivity, those who are lost and under the influence of Satan. So... With that in mind, may we stand firm so that the devil has no ground and right, and we are faithfully united with our, sa our Savior and Lord Jesus Christ for eternity. When it refers to the Spirit, so that's what I wanted to, that's where I want to stop real quick and get back to part one. The Spirit, when I was referring to earlier, the acts of the flesh, the acts of the Holy Spirit. And then speaking on the discernment of God that we must have in order to be able to tell when the enemy comes with his schemes to try and sway us, to go towards other methods and other ways of this world. Whether it seems fun and innocent, it's really not. And if we remember what the Word of God tells us, for Satan himself disguises himself as an angel of light. He's going to make it look all sweet and innocent. Nothing, you know, ever that's actually bad for us seems to look bad for us at first. There's some things obvious that are pretty obvious. And then other things where, you know, there's a facade. There's like a mask in front of it. And until we seek the will of the Lord, we don't really necessarily see that mask for what it is. It just looks real. It's not really just you know, a facade, um, at first at all to us. That's the biggest way that the enemy gets us trapped. He makes everything look so awesome at first, you know. It's always, or that it's okay. One of his biggest things that he does is work to counterfeit what God does, so therefore he can trap God's children. He does, he knows, the, he knows the scripture. He knows who God is. He knows who Jesus is. He's not ignorant at all. And so, therefore, that's why God tells us to not be ignorant of the enemy's schemes. Um, we have to... We have to be aware. We have to stay on track. We have to stay in God's Word so that we can become aware. Um... I want to read real quick, and I'm going to read a couple of different scriptures and walk through. Galatians 6, 8 tells us, For the one who sows in, to his own flesh will from the flesh reap corruption, but the one who sows to the Spirit will from the Spirit reap eternal life. And it's like what we were discussing a minute ago. And one thing I want to keep in mind is... You know, they claim that it's a... You know, they say that Spirit, you know... There are many different spirits. They're not necessarily lying to you with that. But the thing is, is that we have to use discernment with is to be able to determine 
which spirit it is. So that way, when we are partaking in in that spirit, will are we going to be reaping corruption from the flesh or eternal life from the true Holy Spirit? I want to go real quick to 1 John chapter 4. So maybe that will make a little bit more sense as to what I'm saying. Like I said before, don't ever stress about not getting to the thing real quick. Not alone. Alright, First John chapter 4. It says, Beloved, do not believe every spirit, but test the spirits to see whether they are from God. Because many false prophets have gone out into the world. By this you know the Spirit of God. Every spirit that confesses that Jesus Christ has come in the flesh is from God. And every spirit that does not confess Jesus is not from God. This is a spirit of the Antichrist. That's where I was telling you there's different spirits. Of which you have heard that is coming. And now it is already in the world. The spirit of the Antichrist seeks to influence many minds of men. That's where we have Satan where he influenced. In scripture it says that Satan influences the minds of men. In order to deceive them and pull them away from God. Of which you have heard that is coming. You know, that is already in this world. So you are from God, little children, and have overcome them. Because greater is he who is in you than he who is in the world. And it says back to before when we were reading in the scripture that God is the one who has dominion over all. Greater is he who is in you than he who is in the world. And he who is in you when you believe. When you follow, when you obey, when you trust God and seek him for who he says he is. I'm going to, and then let's, real quick, I'm going to go back in First John, but First John 1, starting at... Verse 5. This is the message we have heard from him and announced to you that God is light and in him there is no darkness at all. If we say that we have fellowship with him and yet walk in the darkness, we lie and do not practice the truth. But if we walk in the light as he himself is in the light, we have fellowship with one another and the blood of Jesus his son cleanses us from all sin. If we say that we have no sin, we are deceiving ourselves and the truth is not in us. If we confess our sins, he is faithful and righteous to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. If we say that we have not sinned, we make him a liar and his word is not in us. I'm going to keep reading in chapter 2 as well. My little children, I am writing these things to you so that you may not sin. And if anyone sins, we have an advocate with the Father, Jesus Christ the righteous. And he himself is the propitiation for our sins, and not for ours only, but also for those of the whole world. By this we know that we have come to know him if we keep his commandments. The one who says, I have come to know him, and does not keep his commandments, is a liar, and the truth is not in him. But whoever keeps his word, in him the love of God has truly been perfected. By this we know that we are in him. The one who says he, abi he abides in him ought himself to walk in the same manner as he walked. Beloved, I am not writing a new commandment to you, but an old commandment which you have had from the beginning. 
The old commandment is the word which you have heard. On the other hand, I am writing a new commandment to you, which is true in him and in you, because the darkness is passing away and the true light is already shining. The one who says he is in the light and yet hates his brother is in the darkness until now. The one who loves his brother abides in the light and there is no cause for stumbling in him. But the one who hates his brother is in the darkness and walks in the darkness and does not know where he is going because the darkness has blinded his eyes. I am writing to you, little children, because your sins have been forgiven you for his name's sake. I am writing to you, fathers, because you know him who has been the, from the beginning. I am writing to you, young men, because you have overcome the evil one. I have written to you, children, because you know the Father. I have written to you, fathers, because you know him who has been from the beginning. I have written to you, young men, because you are strong, and the word of God abides in you, and you have overcome the evil one. And who is the evil one? Do not let the world, nor the things of the world, do not love the, th the world, nor the things of the world, in the world. If anyone loves the world, the love of the Father is not in him. For all that is in the world, the lust of the flesh, the lust of the eyes, the boastful pride of life is not from the Father, but is from the world. The world is passing away and also its lust, but the one who does the will of God lives forever praise god children it is the last hour and just as you heard that that the antichrist is coming even now many antichrists have appeared from this we know that it is the last hour they went out from us but they were not really of us for if they had been of us they would have remained with us but they went out so that it would be shown that they all are not of us but you have an anointing from the Holy One, and you all know. I have not written to you because you do not know the truth, but because you do know it, and because no lie is of the truth. Who is the liar but the one who denies that Jesus is the Christ? This is the Antichrist, the one who denies the Father and the Son. Whoever denies the Son does not have the Father. The one who confesses the Son has the Father also. As for you, let that abide in you, which you have heard from the beginning. If what you heard from the beginning abides in you, you also will abide in the Son and in the Father. This is the promise which he himself made to us, eternal life. These things I have written to you concerning those who are trying to deceive you. As for you, the anointing which you receive from him abides in you. And you have no need for anyone to teach you. But as his anointing teaches you about all things and is true and is not a lie. And just as it has taught you, you abide in him. Now little children, abide in him so that when he appears, you may have confidence and not shrink away from him in shame at his coming. If you know that he is righteous, you know that everyone also who practices righteousness is born of him. It's beautiful.
And just like it says, Beloved, do not believe every spirit, but test the spirits to see whether they are from God. When they're channeling these spirits, they're not channeling a spirit from God. That's not how God works. As we see in his word. So, and quick, beloved, this is First John chapter 3. Verse. Yeah, I'm going to, I am honestly, I am going to read the entirety of first John chapter three. It is it. First John is filled with a lot of wisdom that will help outline a lot of kind of what we are discussing and stuff. See how great a love the father has bestowed on us that he, that we would be called children of God and such we are. For this reason, the world does not know us, because it did not know him. Beloved, now we are children of God, and it has not appeared as yet what we will be. We know that when he appears, we will be like him, because we will see him just as he is. And everyone who has this hope fixed on him purifies himself just as he is pure. Everyone who practices sin also practices lawlessness, and sin is lawlessness. You know that he appeared in order to take away sins, and in him there is no sin. No one who abides in him sins. No one who sins has seen him or knows him. In other words, when we are in a relationship with, the, with him, we are quick to see our sin, quick to repent for our sin, and quick to not stay in that sin. The sin does not identify us because the sin is not our identity. We just learned a new tactic of the enemy and how to be more aware for the next time he tries to come in and we're not so quick to sin again. I'm going to keep going. Little children, make sure no one deceives you. The one who practices righteousness is righteous, just as he is righteous. The one who practices sin is of the devil. For the devil has sinned from the beginning. So that goes back to the spirit of the Antichrist. And then the, the testing every spirit. Because not every spirit is from God. Like it says, the one who practices sin is of the devil. For the devil has sinned from the beginning. The Son of God appeared for this purpose. To destroy the works of the devil. So, real quick. This is how we are able to overcome sin. This is how sin does not become our identity. This is how we walk boldly. With Christ. Because when, like I just said before, sin doesn't become our identity. We learn different tactics of the enemy. And we're able to share with others and be humble about it. To let others know. For one, they're not alone. But there is a, but Christ came to destroy the works of the devil. No one who is born of God practices sin. Because his seed abides in him. And he cannot sin because he is born of God. The Holy Spirit helps convict us of that sin. The word of God helps us be able to know what is of God and what is not. As well as the Holy Spirit. Just like it was saying before. The Spirit teaches us truth. Because God's Spirit is the Spirit of truth. It's not the Spirit, the spirit of lies. I'm going to say because the father of lies is the devil. So by this, the children of God and the children of the devil are obvious. 
anyone who does not practice righteousness is not of God, nor the one who nor the one who does not love his brother. For this is the message which you have heard from the beginning, that we should love one another, not as Cain, who was of the evil one and slew his brother. And for what reason did he slay him? Because his deeds were evil, and his brothers were righteous. Do not be surprised, brethren, if the world hates you. We know that we have passed out of death into life because we love the brethren. He who does not abide, he who does not love, abides in death. Everyone who hates his brother is a murderer, and you know that no murderer has eternal life abiding in him. It's just like when Christ said that if you even think about murdering your brother, you have already murdered him. If you even look at a woman lustfully, you have already committed adultery. Everyone who hates his brother is a murderer, and you know that no murderer has eternal life abiding in him. We know love by this, that he laid down his life for us, and we ought to lay down our lives for the brethren. But whoever has the world's goods and sees his brother in need and closes his heart against him, how does the love of God abide in him? Little children, let us not love with word or with tongue, but in deed and in truth, because God is truth. We will know by this that we are of the truth and will assure our hearts before him in whatever our heart condemns us. For God is greater than our heart and knows all things. Beloved, if our heart does not condemn us, we have confidence before God. That's where we get uh, part of the conviction. And whatever we ask, we receive from him because we keep his commandments and do the things that are pleasing in his sight. And one thing, to learn the things that are pleasing in his sight Seek out his words. Don't go ask somebody next door. I mean, if, if you have fellowship with your next door neighbor and you guys want to seek the words of the Lord together, then go for it. By all means, we're two and more gather in his name. He is there and he will help teach and guide you all the way, especially if you lean on, lean on him in his name. But what I'm saying is, is don't depend on somebody else to explain it to you. God answers for himself. There is nothing that he doesn't answer for in his word. And what he doesn't answer for, or what may be confusing, all you need to do is pray and be patient and trust that he will reveal it when the time is right. But we got to remember that not everything that we think is right. That's why God tells us to not lean on our own understanding and to trust him. Because he knows what's time, when the time is right. He knows what's best for us. He knows whether or not we're actually going to understand it or not. And the one thing we got to admit and understand is there's a lot of things we're really not going to understand. Because the, the one who seeks to influence this world seeks to influence a lot. So there's some things that God knows that it's just better off... For us to wait until we are in his presence in, in heaven before he declares that message to us. And there's a lot we're going to come to know whenever we are met with him again. And yes, he, he through his spirit, he abides in us now. But I mean, face to face. And like the disciples were with him. And I cannot wait for that day. Oh, I cannot wait for that day. Let me continue. This is the commandment that we believe in the name of his son, Jesus Christ, and love one another, just as he commanded us. The one who keeps his commandments abides in him, and he in him. 
We know this, that he abides in us by the spirit whom he has given us. And then that's when he says, Beloved, do not believe every spirit, but test the spirits to see whether they are from God, because many false prophets have gone out into the world. Sorry to take a break. I just sometimes I have to pause for a minute after reading his word to just take a deep breath and just take it in and just be in awe at him. He makes a way for us when there seems like no way. And you know, actually I shared something the other day and I always see that, you know, this meme or this saying that Christ makes a way when there's no way. I mean, he makes a new way for us or whatever when there seems like no other way or when there seems like no other way, Christ makes a new way. Christ never made an, Christ doesn't make a new way each time. I want to say that real quick. Christ is, is the way. He just shows us how to get on the way. He doesn't make a brand new way, something new and all different just because we're just super special and we don't have to follow God's law like everybody else. No. No. That's that's Hinduism. Picking your own picking and choosing your own God based off of what you want for that moment, how you're feeling. I mean, they have probably I think over three hundred thousand gods. I mean probably I think more than that actually. Um and each of them just depicts a different personality a different characteristic of a person and stuff like that and you basically just it's like the whole wasn't it was it a burger king commercial back in the day have it your way or something like that i don't know but either way that is how it is depicted and with so it's just that's not who god is that's not who god is um Galatians 5.24 tells us, Now those who belong to Christ Jesus have crucified the flesh with its passions and desires. And verse 25, If we live by the Spirit, let us walk by the Spirit. And we talked about this as the Holy Spirit, not the false spirit that gets thrown at us from the New Age tactics and also just the God of this world, which is Satan himself, from what Christ has told us. Um, and then... I want to go to 1 Corinthians chapter 12 real quick. Um. So this is the this is concerning the spiritual gifts. Because this is also another one that gets misused and abused big time. Now concerning, now concerning spiritual gifts, brethren, <clears throat> I do not want you to be unaware. You know that when you were pagans, you were led astray to the mute idols, however you were led. Therefore... I make known to you that no one speaks by the Spirit of God saying by the Spirit of God says Jesus is accursed, and no one can say Jesus is Lord except by the Holy Spirit. 
Now there are varieties of gifts, but the same Spirit, same Holy Spirit. And there are varieties of ministries and the same Lord. There are varieties of effects, but the same God who works all things in all persons. But to each one is given the manifestation of the Spirit for the common good. For to one is given the word of wisdom through the Spirit, and to another the word of knowledge according to the same Spirit, and another faith by the same Spirit, and to another gifts of healing by one Spirit, and to another the effects of miracles, and to another prophecy, and to another the distinguishing of spirits, which is discernment. And to another, various kinds of tongues. And to another, the interpretation of tongues. But one and the same Spirit work all these things, distri distributing to each one individually, just as He wills. Not as we will, not as man wills, as the Lord wills. For even as the body is one, and yet has many members, and all the members of the body, though they are many, are the one body, so also is Christ. For by one spirit, we were all baptized into one body, whether Jews or Greeks, whether slaves or free, and we were all made to drink of one spirit. For the body is not one member, but many. At the foot says, I am not a hand. I am not a part of the body. It is not for this reason any less a part of the body. Oh, because I am not a hand, I am not a part of the body. It is not for this reason any less a part of the body. And if an ear says, because I am not an eye, I am not a part of the body. It is not for this reason any less a part of the body. If the whole body were an eye, where would the hearing be? If the whole were hearing, where would the sense of smell be? By now, God has placed the members, each one of them, in the body, just as he desired. If they were all one member, where would the body be? But now... There are many members, but one body. And the eye cannot say to the hand, I have no need of you. Or again, to the head, of, to the feet, I have no need of you. On the contrary, it is much truer that the members of the body, which seem to be weaker, are necessary. And those members of the body which deem less honorable, on these we bestow more abundant honor. And our less presentable members become much more presentable. Whereas our present, our presentable members have no need of it. But God has so composed the body, giving more abundant honor to that member which lacked. So that there may be no division in the body, but that the members may have the same care for one another. And if one member suffers... All the members suffer with it. If one member is honored, all the members rejoice with it. Now you are Christ's body and individually members of it. And God has appointed in the church first apostles, second prophets, third teachers, then healing, then miracles, then gifts of healings, helps, administrations, various kinds of tongues. All are not apostles, are they? All are not prophets, are they? All are not teachers, are they? All are not workers of miracles, are they? All do not have gifts of healings, do they? All do not speak with tongues, do they? All do not interpret, do they? But earnestly desire the greater gifts. 
and I show you a still more excellent way. Remember when I said before that the enemy seeks to counterfeit what God does? Those healers that I mentioned before that are in the New Age movement, those aren't healers as what you see with the apostles and Jesus healing. It is the opposite. The healing that you see with the healers is in a line with magic, which a lot of people try to say doesn't exist. Um, it's the magical arts, the sorcery, the witchcraft. They try to claim it as white and black. Black being the dark, the worst um, magic. I don't. I hate how they label that stuff. But I mean the dark and like. I mean I don't know. Whatever. But anyways, and then they try to say that the white magic. Oh well, we're good witches because we like to do good things. But that's not. But that's not a god. The stuff that they're partaking in in the witchcraft and the new age is the sorcery that aligns with Satan. It is not that in which aligns with the Holy Spirit and the gifts of the Spirit from God concerning the gifts. It's sad because that it, one of the things is it's like some of these some of these scriptures actually get taken out of context and get put with Satan's magic. And it just, it's so upsetting because, of course, Satan knows scripture. So he's going to take and manipulate scripture to his benefit because he wants to pull any of us he can away from God because he cannot stand the thought of, of literally losing his territory or the fact of God winning because he is so prideful and arrogant and haughty in so many ways. And he tries to literally take anything that he can from God. But the way that he pull, he is able to pull God's children away is the simple fact that he does disguise it so well. He knows that people know the difference, um, what the healing, I mean, what the, like the healing and stuff. That's a common thing with Jesus' walk. He healed the sick. But the problem is... Is that if we don't go through with the discernment that we read about in 1 John, we could get very lost into getting trapped into what's talked about in, I'm pretty sure, the book of Jude. Hang on real quick. Oh, goodness. Here it is. So, I'm going to read the book of Jude real quick. Jude, a bondservant of Jesus Christ and brother of James, to those who are called, who are the called, beloved in God the Father and kept for Jesus Christ, may mercy and peace and love be multiplied to you. Beloved, while I was making every effort to write to you about our common salvation, I felt the necessity to write to you, appealing that you contend earnestly for the faith, which was once for all handed down to the saints. Now, real quick, as I read that, it reminded me of, you know, before when I was reading about when they're claiming salvation, their form of salvation. It is so sad. That's what I go back to saying, you know, how Satan loves to try and counterfeit Christ because that is a false salvation, a false ideology of that. And, um, and that's why it's so important for us to seek the scripture so we understand what salvation means. 
So that way, when we see the, just the word salvation, we don't automatically think, oh, that's with Christ, right? And then we get led astray because we're not looking into the meaning of salvation and what salvation in Christ is compared to what Satan's false illusion of his salvation is. So we need to be very careful because, like I said, you know, Satan's, you know, where is it? The false illusions with the healing and the false salvation and everything that is not true. It is literally basically what Satan did to Eve and to Eve in the garden. And Eve didn't use discernment. And that's, we have to seek the words of the Lord. We have to remember what God says and we can't just sway just because, oh, well, we feel bad or I don't, there's so many different ways why we end up compromising fear of man, um, whether fear of how they're going to respond, are they going to be aggressive toward us? Are they going to, you know, be mean? Are they going to attack? Are they going to, um, run away? Are they going to argue i mean there's so many different things but if we remember it's just a common tactic to try and pull us away from the mission at hand for certain persons have crept in unnoticed those that who were long before marked out for this condemnation ungodly persons who turn the grace of our god into to licentiousness and deny our only master and lord jesus christ now I desire to remind you, though you know all things once for all, that the Lord, after saving a people out of the land of Egypt, subsequently destroyed those who did not believe. And angels who did not keep their own dominion but abandoned their proper abode, he has kept in eternal bonds under darkness for the judgment of the great day. Just as Sodom and Gomorrah and the cities around them, since they in the same way as these indulged in gross immoralities and went after strange flesh, are exhibited as an example and undergoing the punishment of eternal fire. Yet in the same way, these men also by dreaming defile the flesh and reject authorities and revile angelic majesties. But my, Michael, the archangel, the march, the arch, arch angel, when he disputed with the devil and argued about the body of Moses, did not dare pronounce against him a railing judgment, but said, The Lord rebuke you. But these men revile the things which they do not understand, and the things which they know by instinct, like unreasoning animals. By these things they are destroyed. Woe to them, for they have gone the way of Cain, and for, and for pay they have rushed headlong into the error of Balaam, and perished in the rebellion of Korah. These are the men who are hidden reefs in your love feast when, you, when they feast with you without fear, caring for themselves clouds without water, carried along by winds, autumn trees without fruit, doubly dead, uprooted, wild waves of the sea casting up their own shame-like foam, wandering stars for whom the black darkness has been reserved forever. It was also... Oh, the beetle... There you go. It was also about these men that Enoch in the seventh generation from Adam prophesied saying, Behold, the Lord came with many thousands of his holy ones to execute judgment upon all and to convict all the ungodly of their ungodly deeds, which they have done in an ungodly way 
and of all the harsh things which ungodly sinners have spoken against him. These are grumblers, finding fault, following after their own lusts. They speak arrogantly, flattering people for the sake of gaining an advantage, which is something we see very commonly. But you, beloved, ought to remember the words that were spoken beforehand by the apostles of our Lord Jesus Christ, that they, that they were saying to you, and the last time there will be mockers following after their own ungodly lusts. These are the ones who cause divisions, worldly-minded, devoid of the Spirit. And the divisions, real quick, I want to comment on. This isn't those who come in to actually do as what Matthew 10 is, describes. Or what those who choose to discern between the spirits, as 1 John chapter 4 reminds us. This isn't the ones who choose to follow God's word and to seek his word out diligently and see what God says for what he says instead of what man says. Because a lot of times people that come in with the true word of God and are speaking the word in which God has intended with the context in which God gives and with God's definitions throughout his word rather than what man tries to make up. Those aren't the ones that are causing divisions. The ones that are causing divisions are the ones that come in with the false teachings contrary to what the word of God actually says. The ones that try and lead God's children astray that God is not okay with. But you, beloved, building yourselves up on your most holy faith, praying in the Holy Spirit, keep yourselves in the love of God, waiting anxiously for the mercy of the Lord Jesus Christ to eternal life. And have mercy on some who are doubting. Save others, snatching them out of the fire. And on some have mercy with fear, hating even the garment polluted by the flesh. Now to him who is able to keep you from stumbling and to make you stand in the presence of his glory, blameless with great joy, which is our advocate, the on, to the only God, our Savior, through Jesus Christ, our, our Lord, be glory, majesty, dominion, and authority before all time, now and forever. Amen. There's a lot that gets unpacked in Jude. And there's one scripture that's coming to mind. Second Timothy chapter two. Starting in verse 19. Nevertheless, the firm foundation of God stands, having the seal. The Lord knows those who are his, and everyone who names the name of the Lord is to abstain from wickedness. Now in a large house, there are not only gold and silver vessels, but also vessels of wood and of earthenware, and some to honor and some to dishonor. Therefore, if anyone cleanses himself from these things, he will be a vessel for honor, sanctified, useful for the master, prepared for every good work. Now flee from youthful lusts and pursue righteousness, faith, love, and peace with those who call on the Lord from a pure heart, but refuse foolish and ignorant speculations, knowing that they produce quarrels. The Lord's bondservant must not be quarrelsome, but be kind to all, able to teach, patient when wronged, with gentleness correcting those who are in opposition, if perhaps God may grant them repentance leading to the knowledge of the truth. 
and they may come to their senses and escape from the snare of the devil, having been held captive by him to do his will. Remember earlier we talked about Satan does not want to does not want the captives to be set free. He wants to keep as many underneath his underneath his will as he can, which are those who follow after the lusts of the flesh, the ones who follow after the ways of the flesh, the ones who follow after the ways of this world. And it says, you know, in chapter 3, it says, but realize, in 2 Timothy is still, in chapter 3 it says, but realize this, that in the last days difficult times will come, for men will be lovers of self, which is where we have this Gnosticism going through the church right now as well. It's not just in the world that this is happening in. The problem is, is that this is coming into the church. The people that are claiming the name of Christ, who claim to know God's word, have more trust in the ways of this world and in man than they do of God. And it's just sad. Um, real quick, I know I was just in the middle of reading that. Just jot this down. You don't have to go over, but definitely go into it later. But Isaiah 2, verse 22, before I continue. Isaiah 2, 22. Stop regarding man whose breath of life is in his nostrils. For why should he be esteemed? Why are we having more fear in man than in God? Why are we looking at God more than man? I mean, why are we looking to man more than God? Why aren't we looking to God more than man? Like, we have got to, to realize that we're really getting distracted by the ways of this world instead of pursuing God. And a lot of times we get so blinded by that darkness that we don't even realize that we are walking in the way of the flesh or that we are walking in the ways of the world because we have allowed ourselves to be conditioned to think that it's okay to compromise for so long and to not seek his words. And it's really hurting us. Just like 2 Timothy 4 says, starting at, I'm just going to start at verse 1. I solemnly charge you in the presence of God and of Christ Jesus, who is to judge the living and the dead by his appearing and his kingdom. Preach the word, be ready in season and out of season, reprove, rebuke, exhort with great patience and instruction. For the time will come when they will not endure sound doctrine. That's exactly where we're at right now. But wanting to have their ears tickled, they will accumulate for themselves teachers in accordance to their own desires and will turn away their ears from the truth and will turn aside to miss. This is exactly what actually what I was referring to with the Hinduism stuff earlier and the fact that where we're falling off of God's ways. That's is where people are going in and picking and choosing scripture saying, Oh, well this one works, but this one doesn't. Or, Oh, you know, I don't need to follow all that. God wasn't being serious when he read when he wrote that. Oh, he, he didn't mean anything by that. He wouldn't, he, he, God, God loves us. He, he, he isn't worried about us following that anymore. Oh, that's, you know, that don't matter. Um, the entire word, preach the word. It doesn't say a tiny bit or a small amount. It says the word, the entirety of it. We cannot forget that. We cannot forget that. Actually, 2 Timothy chapter 3, verse 14 
through 17. You, however, I'm just like, it's all just right here. God is so good, okay? God is so good. We do not need to <laughs> really trust in the ways of this world. God is so, oh, he, the, yep, actually, not even verse 14. We're going to, 2 Timothy 3, verse 10. Actually, I'm going to continue verse in 2 Timothy chapter 3 because I stopped. Lord, forgive me, but thank you for getting me back on. See, that's what I'm saying. We don't need to trust the ways of this world. God and his Holy Spirit will keep us on track if we just trust on him. And I, oh, I mean that with my whole heart. Like, I mean that. Like, please don't trust this ways of this world. Don't. For men will be lovers of self, lovers of money, boastful, arrogant, revilers, disobedient to parents, ungrateful, unholy, unloving, irreconcilable, malicious gossips, without self-control, brutal, haters of good, treacherous, reckless, conceited, lovers of pleasure rather than lovers of God, holding to a form of godliness, although they have denied its power. Avoid such men as these. Do you hear this? Avoid such men as these. Avoid, he says. Don't be partakers in such. Be mindful of the fact that there are going to be people who are going to try and come in and teach these things. Stand guard, stand firm. Don't, don't fall for it. For among them are those who enter into households and captivate weak women, weighed down with sins, led on by various impulses, having learning and never able to come to the knowledge of the truth. Isn't that what we talked about Part one and then the beginning of this. And then I'm going to uh, move down. That was at verse seven. I'm going to move down to verse 10. Now you followed my teaching, conduct, purpose, faith, and patience, love, perseverance, persecutions, and sufferings. Such as happened to me and at Antioch, at Icon Iconium, and at Lystra. What persecutions I endured. And out of them all the Lord rescued me. And out of them all, the Lord rescued me. Guys. Oh. He does. Thank you, Jesus. Indeed, all who desire to live godly in Christ Jesus will be persecuted. We will, y'all. But the thing is, like, like I said, out of them all, the Lord rescued me. But evil men and impostors will proceed from bad to worse, deceiving and being deceived. Just kind of the common trend of what we've been talking about. But you, however, continue in the things you have learned and become convinced of, knowing from whom you learned them you you have learned them. Talking about the word of God, talking about the testimonies of God, the power of God, the faithfulness of God, the loving kindness of God, the the power of God, the, the truth of God, so many things. And that from childhood you have known the sacred writings, which you are able to give the wisdom that leads to salvation through faith, which is in Christ Jesus. All scripture, all scripture is inspired by God and profitable for teaching, for reproof, for correction, for training in righteousness, so that the man of God may be adequate, equipped for every good work. Praise the Lord. So as you can see, 
All scripture is inspired by God, profitable for teaching, for reproof, for correctness, for training in righteousness, so that the man of God may be adequate and equipped for every good th- good word. Just like us, we're told in Second Timothy chapter four, preach the word in verse two, preach the word, be ready in season and out of season, reprove, rebuke, exhort with great patience and instruction. For the time will come when they will not endure sound doctrine, but wanting to have their ears tickled, they will accumulate for themselves teachers in accordance to their own desires, and will turn away their ears from the truth, and will turn aside to myths. I'm going to read Galatians 6, verse 1. Brethren, even if anyone is caught in any trespass, you who are spiritual, restore such a one in a spirit of gentleness, each one looking to yourself, so that you too will not be tempted. For, uh, verse 3, For if anyone thinks he is something when he is nothing, he deceives himself. And verse 4, But each one must examine his own work, and then he will have reason for boasting in regard to himself alone, and not in regard to another. And just... So we're clear, real quick. Anyone who decides to boast should be boasting in Christ alone and the works in which Christ does for them, which is also outlined in in the scripture. So I'm not saying anything out of alignment with scripture or contradictory to this scripture either that I just read. Verse 7, do not be deceived. God is not mocked for whatever a man sows, this he will also reap. Verse 12, and this is in Galatians 6. Those who desire to make a good showing in the flesh try to compel you to be circumcised simply so that they will not be persecuted for the cross of Christ. Just distractions and methods of this world. And those are desire who try to make a good show, the ones who, with the outward appearance, try to claim one thing, but actually... They are not that way. And that's why we have to remember that God is not mocked. For whatever a man sows, this he will also reap. God searches the hearts and minds of man. He does not look at us as other, as we look at ourselves. The way he looks at us is way different, which is something we actually went talked about recently. And then verse 9, which is, you know kind of going back a little bit. Let us not lose heart in doing good, for in due time we will reap if we do not grow weary. So, in other words, be mindful of the distractions that try to come in, of the people that try to compel you away from the Word of God and from the truth of God, which is what we've been talking about, testing the spirits, being mindful of what's coming into play to pull us away from God, making sure that it is in alignment with God and being able to say, no, I will not partake in that and I will avoid all such things that are contradictory to the word of God. No, that doesn't make you arrogant. Following the ways of this world and mocking God and what God says makes us makes things arrogant. May, acting like we're better than, one, than somebody else makes us arrogant and stuff and When, you know, one thing that the word reminds us of is, you know, we also need to remember when we once were lost, we weren't always found. We, we were once lost. 
So we have to keep that in mind when we're dealing with things. And that's where the com- the compassion comes in. That's where the gentleness comes in, the patience. Because we too know what it was like. Now there are situations when the truth is necessary and sometimes it's not easy to hear. But it is necessary. <clears throat> the collections. Oh, hang on one second. My son just woke up from a little nap. What is it, Bubby? You okay? Bud, you're on the swing. Turn around and set your back up against the swing, okay? Need help? In one second. Here, we'll rearrange them, okay? So you don't fall. Did you sleep good? Oh, I got you, I got you. There you go, there you go. Have we done it in a moment, okay? You've been snooping hard. Sorry about that. Um, Galatians 5.13 tells us, For you were called to freedom, brethren. Only do not turn your freedom into an opportunity for the flesh. But through love, I mean, yeah, but through love serve one another. And then back to, um, so we're in Galatians 5, which if you remember earlier we read in 19, uh, verses 19 through 21, Now the deeds of the flesh are evident, which are immorality, impurity, sensuality, idolatry, sorcery, enmities, strife, jealousy, outbursts of anger, disputes, dissensions, factions, envying, drunkenness, carousing, and things like these, of which I forewarn you, just as I have forewarned you, that those who practice such things will not inherit the kingdom of God. Verse 1 tells us in Galatians chapter 5, It was for freedom that Christ set us free. Therefore, keep standing firm and do not be subject again to the yoke of slavery. The yoke of slavery that he's referring to is that slavery to the flesh. That slavery to, honestly, the Satan himself. The, the one that seeks to influence the minds of the lost. The ones who are following in the ways of their own devices. And are not following the Lord. Alright, so I am back. Little man is situated. Poor thing, his legs were hurting and his elbow was hurting. He fell asleep on our um, swing outside. The front porch swing. The big, not something tiny. <laughs> and he, I guess where he was kind of, he was kind of curled up when he fell asleep. So he was a little stiff when he woke up. But, got him situated. He had a busy day at camp today, so. And then he played hard when he got home. We played some basketball and some other things outside. And so, he is pretty wore out, to say the least. So, before I think we had left off, um, we were reading Galatians 5, reviewing 19 through 21. And I want to read verse 1 again. So it was for freedom that Christ set us free. Therefore, keep standing firm and do not be subject again to a yoke of slavery. So that yoke of slavery, it's literally, it's what we are bound with, what we worship, what we stick, what we are connected to, what we give, give ourselves over to, um, with the flesh. The, you know, the lawlessness, 
the um, following after the deeds of the flesh, which is what we just read in Galatians 5, 19-21. Um, and then also what we read in previously is what breaks that yoke of slavery. Who broke that yoke of slavery? Who overthrew Satan? So, verse, um, so we've talked about that. We've talked about the flesh. And we talked a little bit about the Holy Spirit. But let's read what Galatians 5, verses 22 through 25 says about the Holy Spirit. But the fruit of the Spirit is, remember when 1 John 4 says, test all spirits. But the fruit of the Spirit is love, and this is the Holy Spirit, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. Against such things there is no law. Now those who belong to Christ Jesus have crucified the flesh with its passions and desires. If we live by the Spirit, let us also walk by the Spirit. Reminds me of Galatians five twenty four. Now those who belong to Christ Jesus have crucified the flesh with its passions and desires. If we walk by the Spirit, let us walk. If we live by the Spirit, let us walk by the Spirit. And I say the Galatians five twenty four. Although we did just read that, we also read those pieces of scripture just a bit ago, and now that is the fruit of the Spirit explanation attached to it. Um, so you see love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. Those are the opposite of strife, jealousy, outbursts of anger, disputes, dissensions, factions, envying, drunkenness, carousing, along with immorality, impurity, sensuality, idolatry, sorcery. Those are the complete opposite, right? Okay. So Galatians three thirteen through fourteen. I know I'm going through a ton of scripture tonight, and there is a purpose for it. I promise. There's always a purpose for it when we're reading the Word of God. So please don't ever get distracted with oh more scripture. No, rebuke those worldly the concerns. That is not the concerns of Christ to have that mindset. Is there more? It should be. Yes, there's more. So Galatians three thirteen through 14. Christ redeemed us from the curse of the law, having become a curse for us. It is, for it is written, Cursed is everyone who hangs on a tree, in order that in Christ Jesus the blessing of Abraham might come to the Gentiles, so that we would receive the promise of the Spirit through faith. Now, that we would receive the promise of the Spirit through faith, I want to read the the prophecy one of the prophecies that foretold that in Ezekiel thirty six. Okay, so, therefore, says the house of Israel, 
Thus says the Lord God, It is not for your sake, O house of Israel, that I am about to act, but for my holy name, which you have profaned among the nations where you went. I will vindicate the holiness of my great name, which has been profaned among the nations which you have profaned in their midst. Then the nations will know that I am the Lord, declares the Lord God, when I prove myself holy among you in their sight. For I will take you from the nations, gather you from all the lands, and bring you into, their, into your own land. Then I will sprinkle clean, wa sprinkle clean water on you, and you will be clean. I will cleanse you from all your filthiness and from all your idols. Moreover, I will give you a new heart and put a new spirit within you, and I will remove the heart of stone from your flesh and give you a heart of flesh, and give you a heart of flesh. And I will put my spirit within you and cause you to walk in my statutes, and you will be careful to observe my ordinances. You will live in the land that I gave to your forefathers so that you will be my people, and I will be your God. Moreover, I will save you from all your uncleanness, and I will call for the grain and multiply it, and I will not bring a famine on you. I will multiply the fruit of the tree and the produce of the field, that you will not receive again the disgrace of famine among the nations. Then you will remember your evil ways and your deeds that were no good, and you will loathe yourselves in your own sight for your iniquities and your abominations. I will not be, I will, I am not doing this for your sake, declares the Lord God. Let it be known to you. Be ashamed and confounded for your ways, O house of Israel. By the way, when that shame and stuff hits, that's when we truly bring forth repentance too as well. Thus says the Lord God, On the day that I cleanse you from all your inequities, I will cause the city to be inhabited, and the waste places to be rebuilt will be rebuilt. The desolate land will be cultivated instead of being a desolation in the sight of everyone who passes by. They will say, this desolate land has become like the Garden of Eden, and the waste, desolate, and ruined cities are fortified and inhabited. Then the nations that are left round about you will know that I, the Lord, have rebuilt the ruined places and planted that which was desolate. I, the Lord, have spoken and will do it. Thus says the Lord God, This also I will let the house of Israel ask me to do for them. I will increase their men like a flock, like the flock of sacrifices like the flock at Jerusalem during her appointed feasts, so will the waste cities be filled with flocks of men. Then they will know that I am the Lord. The promise of the Spirit through faith. Moreover, I will give you a new heart and a new spirit within you, and I will remove the heart of stone from your flesh and give you a heart of flesh. And I will put my spirit within you and cause you to walk in my statutes, and you will be careful to observe my ordinances. And back to Galatians 5.1. It was for freedom that Christ set us free. Therefore, keep standing firm and do not be subject again to the yoke of slavery. Verse 7 says, You were running well. Who hindered you from obeying the truth? Who hindered you from obeying the truth? The ones that have crept in unnoticed. The ones that are coming in with divisions. True divisions. The, one who see, the ones who are bringing forth false doctrines. Verse 10, 
I have confidence in you, in the Lord, that you will adopt no other view, but the one who is disturbing you will bear his judgment, whoever he is. The ravenous wolf that seeks to destroy. First Peter, First Peter two eleven tells us, "Beloved, I urge you as alien, I urge you as aliens and strangers to abstain from fleshly lusts, which wage war against the soul. Wage war against the soul." In verse 16, act as free men and do not use your freedom as a covering for evil, but use it as bond slaves of God. I'm just, I just want to stop for a second. There is a very common trend throughout the word of God. Very common truth. God is very consistent in his ways. We see the consistencies between the characteristics between the Antichrist, which is and which is the influence of Satan and also the Holy Spirit, the true spirit, the spirit of truth versus the Antichrist spirit. First Peter 2 verses 4 through 5 tell us, And coming to him as to a living stone, which has been called by God, rejected by men, but is choice and precious in the sight of God. You also, as living stones, are being built up as a spiritual house for a holy priesthood to offer up spiritual sacrifices acceptable to God through Jesus Christ. Verse 12 tells us, Keep your behavior excellent among the Gentiles, so that in the thing in which they slander you as evildoers, they may, beca they may because of your good deeds. As they, observe, as they observe them, glorify God in the day of visitation, which is Christ coming again in judgment. In verse 25, For you were continually straying like sheep, but now you have returned to the shepherd and guardian to your souls. It's First Peter 2.25, and it's just beautiful. It's when we were lost. It's like I was saying before, we, we have to keep in mind that we too once were lost. We too once were lost. First Peter 2, 9-10 But you are a chosen race, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, a people for God's own possession, so that you may proclaim the excellencies of him who has called you out of darkness into his marvelous light. For you once were not a people, but now you are the people of God. You had not received mercy, but now you have received mercy. It's just beautiful. First Peter 2, 1-3. Therefore, putting aside all malice and all deceit and hypocrisy and envy and all slander, like newborn babies, long for pure milk of the word, so that it, so that it, by it, you may grow in respect to salvation if you have tasted the kindness of the Lord. So real quick, malice is ill will, wickedness, troublesome, desire to injure. Deceit is, is like a decoy, a decoy, which you use to trap someone. It's a trick. Hypocrisy, 
says in alignment with condemnation, dissimulation, and a stage player, which is fake on the outside, acting as someone they are not, which is basically the whitewashed tomb that Jesus described in um, the beginning of the New Testament. Envy, which is jealousy, um, being spiteful, wanting what someone else has. Slander, it's defamation, evil speaking, backbiting, which is stating and which is stating things to harm others. Saying things that aren't so, just through the intent to harm someone else. And Lord, I pray that you would help <clears throat> all of us to not lose perspective on life. That each season brings new growth. Help us to, to keep our eyes on you, Lord. So if we ever see, if we ever have a problem, that we can trust in you. Um, I'm going to read a couple more excerpts from 1 Peter. 1 Peter 3, 4 says, Let it be the hidden person of the heart with the imperishable quality of a gentle and quiet spirit, which is precious in the sight of God. And then 1 Peter 3, 8-9, through 9, To sum up, all of you be harmonious, sympathetic, brotherly, kind-hearted, and humble in spirit, not returning evil for evil or insult for insult, but giving a blessing instead, for you were called for the very purpose that might inherit a blessing. In 1 Peter 1, 16, Because it is written, You shall be holy, for I am holy, declares the Lord. Quite a bit that we have gone through, to be honest, but it is so beneficial in so many ways. And I pray that you would go back through this and re-listen to this too. Um, I know it is a lot. I do. I'm not oblivious to that. But I pray that you would come to understand the importance of seeking his word diligently, even if it seems like a lot. Because it really is worth it. I'm looking for... Almost done. Um, got a few more things I want to go over. I'm going to look at myself. Um, oh, here we go. I'm going to go in Colossians. Um, we're going to be in Colossians chapter 3. One second, I'm going to see um, what my son needs real quick. Gives you time to get there too. Sorry about that, but I really appreciate patience. Your patience. I really, 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 really do. Okay. So, 
Colossians 3, putting on the new self. Old things have passed away. Behold, all things are new, right? So, what's the old things passed away? The acts of the flesh. Following the ways of the flesh in this world, which is inevitably, I know this is a hard thing for some of us to admit, but it is following after Satan. We are either serving God or we are serving the God of this world, little g. Are you serving God, our creator, or the one who has temporary reign here? Before I read that, though. No, never mind. I'm not even going to do this. I'm not going to. I'm going to stick right here with this. So, therefore, if you have been raised up with Christ, keep seeking the things above where Christ is, seated at the right hand of God. Set your mind on the things above, not on the things that are on earth. For you have died, and your life is hidden with Christ and God. When Christ, who is our life, is revealed, then you also will be revealed with him in glory. Therefore, consider the members of your earthly body as dead to immorality, impurity, passion, evil desire, and greed, which amounts to idolatry. For it is because of these things that the wrath of God will come upon the sons of disobedience. And in them you also once walked when you were living in them. But now you also put them all aside, anger, wrath, malice, slander, and abusive speech from your mouth. Do not lie to one another, since you laid aside the old self with its evil practices, and have put on the new self who is being renewed to a true knowledge according to the image of the one who created him. So think about that. Um, so we're seeing that right here, getting caught out is the deeds of the flesh. And telling us to lay aside the old self with its evil practices. So it's the Bible itself calling these practices evil. And, have, and it says, Do not lie to one another since you laid aside the old self with its evil practices. And having put on the new self who is being renewed to a true knowledge according to the image of the one who created him. A renewal in which there is no distinction between Greek and Jew, circumcised and uncircumcised, barbarian Scythian, slave, and free man, but Christ is all and in all. So, as those who have been chosen of God, holy and beloved, put on a heart of compassion, kindness, humility, gentleness, and patience, bearing with one another and forgiving each other, whoever has a complaint against anyone, just as the Lord forgave you, so also should you. Beyond all these things, put on love, which is the perfect bound bond of unity. Let the peace of Christ rule in your hearts, to which indeed you were called in one body, and be thankful. Which we talked about the one body earlier in Second Corinthians. Was it Second Corinthians or First Corinthians? First Corinthians we were in, yeah. And it says, Let the word of Christ richly dwell within you, with all wisdom, teaching, and admonishing one another, with psalms and hymns and spiritual songs, singing with thankfulness in your hearts to God. Whatever you do, in word or deed, do all in the name of the Lord Jesus, of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks through Him to God the Father. So, real quick, 
right. So, like I said, we're seeing very consistent, very, very much consistency throughout the Word of God, correct? First Peter 2. I know we've already been there, but I want to go ahead and um, remember something real quick. So, Second Peter 2. Verse 8. For they stumble because they are disobedient to the word. And to this doom they were also appointed. Phew. So you see a lot of things that put on love, to love your brother, to love one another. Well, today's day and age, love has been completely distorted. So I want to read to you something. I'm going to read in Ezekiel 34. And then I'm going to read a little bit of Ezekiel 30. I'm going to read Ezekiel 33 and a little bit of Ezekiel 34. And the word of the Lord came to me saying, Son of man, speak to the sons of your people and say to them, If I bring a sword upon a land and the people of the land take one man from among them and make him their watchman, and he sees the sword, com sees the sword coming upon the land and blows on the trumpet and warns the people, then he who hears the sound of the trumpet... And does not take warning. And his sword comes and takes him away. His blood will be on his own head. So in other words what that's saying is. Is if you warn somebody about a danger approaching. And they don't even listen. And then the danger comes. And that's on them. It's not that you didn't. It's, you know you tried. To let them know. He heard the sound of the trumpet. But did not take warning. His blood will be on himself. But ha had he taken warning. He would have delivered his life. In other words, if he would have just listened to that heed or that warning of the danger approaching, then he could have protected himself from that. But if the watchman sees a sword coming and does not blow the trumpet, and the people are not warned, and a sword comes and, a per and takes a person from them, he is taken away in his iniquity, but his blood I will require from the watchman's hand. Now as for you, son of man, I have appointed you as a watchman for the house of Israel, so you will hear a message from my mouth and give them warning from me. When I say to the wicked, O wicked man, you will surely die, and you do not speak to warn the wicked man from his way, that wicked man shall die in his iniquity, but his blood I will require at your hand. But if you put on your part if but if you on your part warn a wicked man to turn from his way, and he does not turn from his way, he will die in his iniquity, but you have delivered your life. So saying if you warn him, the person 
Do you warn the wicked man to turn from his way, and he does not turn from his way? He himself will die in his iniquity, but you have delivered your life. Now as for you, son of man, say to the house of Israel, Thus you have spoken, saying, Surely our transgressions and our sins are upon us, and we are riding away in them. How then can we survive? Say to them, As I live, declares the Lord God, I take no pleasure in the death of the wicked, but rather that the wicked turn from his way and live. Turn back, turn back from your evil ways. Why then will you die, O house of Israel? So I want to pause for a second. A lot of people that God is just mean. But God right here says himself, he says that he takes no pleasure in the death of the wicked, but rather that the wicked would turn from his way and live. He wants those to live and live abundantly, not be stuck in this trap of falseness. And you, son of man, say to your fellow citizens, the righteousness of a righteous man will not deliver him in the day of his transgression. And as for the wickedness of the wicked, he will not stumble because of it in the day when he turns from his wickedness. So when he turns from his wickedness. Whereas a righteous man will not be able to live by his righteousness on the day when he commits sin. When I say to the righteous, he will surely live. And he so trusts in his righteousness that he commits iniquity. None of his righteous deeds will be remembered. But in that same iniquity of, of his which he has committed, he will die. But when I say to the wicked, you will surely die. And he turns from his sin and practices justice and righteousness. If a wicked man restores a pledge... Pays back what he has taken by robbery, walks by the statutes which ensure life without committing inequity, he shall surely live, he shall not die. It reminds me of when, you know, the God had told Adam and Eve, If you eat from the fruit, you shall surely die. And what is that die what is that death? A spiritual death. None of his sins that he has committed will be remembered against him. And that is the one who turns from his ways and walks in righteousness. He has practiced justice and righteousness. He shall surely live. Yet your fellow servants, your fellow citizens say, the way of the Lord is not right. When it is their own way, that is not right. It's like we were talking about before. They forsake the ways of the Lord and go after their own lustful desires. When the righteous turns from his righteousness and commits iniquity, then he shall die in it. But when the wicked turns from his wickedness and practices justice and righteousness, he will live by them. Yet you say, the way of the Lord is not right. O house of Israel, I will judge each of you according to his ways. So like the Lord says, Whatever a man reaps, he shall sow. And he will judge each and every one of us according to our ways. He tells us that a lot, actually. Um... And then I'm going to read a little bit in Ezekiel 34 real quick. Then the word of the Lord came to me saying, Son of man, prophecy against the shepherds of Israel. Prophecy and say to those shepherds, Thus says the Lord God, Woe, shepherds of Israel, who have been feeding themselves. Should not the shepherds feed the flock? You eat the fat and clothe yourself with the wool. You slaughter the fat sheep without feeding the flock. Those who are sickly you have not strengthened. The diseased you have not healed. The broken you have not bound up. The scattered you have not brought back. Nor have you sought for the lost. But with force and with severity you have dominated them. 
They were scattered for lack of a shepherd. And they became food for every beast of the field and were scattered. My flock wandered through all the mountains and on every high hill. My flock was scattered over all the surface of the earth, and there was no one to search or seek for them. Therefore, you shepherds, hear the word of the Lord. As I live, declares the Lord God, surely because my flock has become a prey, my flock has even become food for all the beasts of the field for lack of a shepherd. And my shepherds did not search for my flock, but rather the shepherds fed themselves and did not feed my flock. Therefore, you shepherds, hear the word of the Lord. Thus says the Lord God, Behold, I am against the shepherds, and I will demand my sheep from them and make them cease from feeding sheep. So the shepherds will not feed themselves anymore, but I will deliver my flock from their mouth so that they will not be food for them. Thus says the Lord God, Behold, I myself will search for my sheep and seek them out. Praise God. As a shepherd cares for his herd in the day when he is among his scattered sheep, so I will care for my sheep and will deliver them from all the places to which they were scattered on a cloudy and gloomy day. I will bring them out from the peoples and gather them from the countries and bring them to their own land. And I will feed them on the mountains of Israel, by the streams and in all the inhabited places of the land. I will feed them in a good pasture and their grazing ground will be, the mount, will be on the mountain heights of Israel. There they will lie down on good grazing ground, feeding the rich pasture on the mountains of Israel. I will feed my flock and I will lead them to rest, declares the Lord. I will seek the lost and bring the scattered, bind up the broken and strengthen the sick, but the fat and the strong I will destroy. I will feed them with judgment. As for you, my flock, thus says the Lord God, behold, I will judge between one sheep and another, between the rams and the milk goats. Is it too slight a thing for you that you should feed in the good pasture that you must tread down with your feet the rest of your pastures? Or that you should drink of the clear waters that you must foul the rest of with your feet? As for my flock, they must eat what you tread down with your feet and drink what you foul with your feet. Therefore, thus says the Lord God to them, Behold, even I will judge between the fat sheep and the lean sheep. Because you push with, one, with side and with shoulder and thrust it all the week with your horns until you have scattered them abroad, therefore I will deliver my flock and they will no longer be a prey and I will judge between one sheep and another. Then I will set over them one shepherd, my servant David, and he will feed them, and he will feed and he will feed them himself and be their shepherd. And I the Lord will be their God, and my servant David will be prince among them. I the Lord have spoken. I will make a covenant of peace with them, and eliminate harmful beasts from the land so that they may live securely in the wilderness and sleep in the woods. I will make them and the places around them my heal and blessing. And I will cause showers to come down in their season. They will be showers of blessing. Also the tree of the field will yield its fruit and the earth will yield its increase. And they will be secure on their land. Then they will know that I am the Lord. When I have broken the bars of their yoke and have delivered them from the hand of those who enslaved them. They will no longer be a prey to the nations and the beasts of the earth with Will, no, will not devour them, but they will, will live securely, and no one will make them afraid. I will establish for them a renowned planting place, and they will not again be victims of famine in the land, and they will not endure the insults of the nations anymore. Then they will know that I, the Lord their God, am with them, and that they, the house of Israel, are my people, declares the Lord God. 
As for you, my sheep, the sheep of my pasture, you are men and I am your God, declares the Lord. Amen and amen. So I'm going to end there tonight. And the question I want to leave you with is why are we seeking the ways of man over the ways of the Lord? We're going to dig further more into this. Um, as time goes on, because I know that's exactly where the Lord wants us. It's exactly where the Lord wants us for this time and age in which we're in. I know he wants us to be instilled in the armor of God wholeheartedly. And we need to remember that Christ did not come to demolish the law. He came to fulfill the law. We cannot put words into Christ's mouth, period. We cannot do that. He's already spoken for himself. We do not need to think about what he may have said. All we need to do is seek the words of the Lord, which we are very blessed to have, and see what he says. Um, I'm going to leave us with <clears throat> Acts 5, verse 28 through 29. Oh, I'm going to start with 27. When they had brought them before, they stood them before the council. The high priest questioned them, saying, We gave you strict orders not to continue teaching in this name, which is in the name of Jesus. And yet you have filled Jerusalem with your teaching and intend to bring this man's blood upon us. But Peter and the apostles answered, We must obey God rather than man. The God of our fathers raised up Jesus, whom you had put to death by hanging him on the cross. He is the one who God exalted to the, exalted to the right hand as a prince and a savior to grant repentance to Israel and forgiveness of sins. And we are witnesses of these things. And so is the Holy Spirit whom God has given to those who obey him. Okay, so I kind of kept going to verse 32. I didn't stop at verse 29. I actually read 27 through 32. Thank you, Lord and Holy Spirit, for leading your way. I pray that this would help in Jesus' name. I pray that the Lord would help this to be a blessing and to really use this if he sees fit. And I just want to pray. Dear Lord, Heavenly Father, we praise you. We exalt you above all. You are our refuge. In the ever-present time of trouble. You're our fortress. You're our strong foundation. You're the cornerstone and the chief block. You're our chief shepherd. You are the one who holds dominion over all. Lord, you seek to bring us life more abundantly, and not only that, but everlasting. The eternal life that is gifted. 
Wow. Lord, help your children to realize that life is truly but a vapor on this world. That when we leave here, what's to come is far better. But while we are here, Lord, I pray that you instill us to walk and to walk in the Spirit, your Spirit, Lord, the Holy Spirit, the true Spirit, the Spirit of truth, Spirit of God. Lord, I pray that you would help us to walk through your Spirit and your Spirit alone. Lord, I pray that you would rebuke any attempts of the enemy. That you would help us to stand firm. And Lord, what the attempt that you allow the enemy, Lord, help us to grow through it. Help us to not grumble and complain as soon as, as, soon as the obstacles come. Help us to have, be the first thing that pops to our mind is saying, Thank you, Lord, because I know that through this, you're going to use it. So therefore, the enemy loses his power. Do not let any bitterness spring up root within us, Lord. Help us to walk in this walk. Help us to live and walk in the Spirit. Lord, forgive us for when we have fallen short and we have fallen deceptive to the enemies of the, the tactics of the enemy, Lord. Lord, forgive us if we've partaken in the Enneagram, the law of attraction, and witchcraft, and idolatry, Lord. I pray that you would forgive us. And Lord, if we have partaken and we don't know it or we're not aware of it yet, say that we're new in our walk. Lord, I pray that you would reveal it. Lord, you say that all darkness comes to light. All, everything that is done in secret will be brought to light. All darkness will be exposed for what it is. So, Lord, we ask that you would reveal it to us and expose it to us, Lord, so that we can walk faithfully in your light, Lord. For darkness does not fellowship with light. They do not mix. So, Lord, help us to walk righteously in your spirit. Help us to walk pure. Help us to be pure and holy. And we know that we can't do it on our own. And to think that we could would be to deny the who Christ is and why he came in, in reality. So, Lord, we just we praise you. And we just thank you. In your holy, 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 matchless name. In Jesus Christ's name. Amen. Blessings to you all. And may the love and grace and peace of the Father abound upon you even more. In Jesus' name, amen.